Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. In this episode, I wanted to do a training update. I talked about a program I had written, I believe it was about five weeks ago. It was a five-week program. So I'm on the sixth week now. I kind of added a bonus sixth week. There we go. But it was a great program. I learned a little bit from it and just kind of wanted to share some of the insights with you guys. But before we dive into that, I wanted to follow up on the Can You Get Jacked Using Bodyweight Training Only episode I had done a few episodes back and I got a great, I got my monkey email pen pal, monkey Craig here. He sent a really awesome note about his experience with bodyweight training and I thought it'd be worth sharing with the monkeys. So I'm just going to read what he wrote and then we will continue on. Thanks again, Craig. All right. So he says, I always had the innate interest in being strong and healthy I had a pull-up bar in my bedroom doorway and had a couple of dumbbells as a kid. I pretty much fumbled along and did what I could come up with without any real knowledge of how to go about it. Just after college, when I was around 22 or 23, my roommate and I decided to do this, quote, Navy SEAL, quote, workout that they downloaded from the internet. I'm sure it's still out there. It was basically intended to get someone ready for going into BUDS and... Craig mentions in quotes here, he says, I had trained with several special ops guys during the course of my martial arts training, Rangers, Green Berets, SEALs, etc., and knew they were some tough dudes. That's for sure, man. Just a little side note, there was this guy, he was a Marine Scout sniper. This was back in like 2011, 2012, and we were doing this program called SEAL Fit at the gym I was working at in California, and it was like, these workouts would take two, three hours, and we were doing this in summertime, and it like, it gets hot, man, in the East Bay. I mean, easily in the nineties and uh, we were on like black, black top just, and it was, uh, it was intense. I had like permanent overuse injuries that summer, but it definitely got, it definitely got you jacked. And you know, I was also like 25 anyhow, diving back into monkey Craig. So he says the program is, this is Craig now. It was essentially really basic calisthenics, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, and sit-ups, along with running and swimming. The volume ramped up quickly. By the end, you were doing literally hundreds of reps per session. A workout took a long time to complete. I'm pretty sure I got shin splints from all the running. It's definitely not the most nuanced and intelligent way to train, but I was young and could recover and bounce back from just about anything and be ready for more punishment the next day. This is, I think is really important. This is monkey Dan now going back to monkey Craig. So he says, and I was also eating like a monster, anything and everything I could get my hands on probably around 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day. And Craig says, I'm basically a pretty average size American adult male. I might be pushing five eleven generously. And these days I walk around at about 175 pounds. So right now he's about 175 pounds. And then Craig says, but by the end of this program, I was a legit 225 pounds. And then in quotes, he has not all of that muscle admittedly, but man, that's, uh, that's no joke. So he also had some takeaways I wanted to share as well. So 
his takeaways are you can definitely gain mass doing body weight training only for sure. You know, if you look at, well, one, I've, I've certainly experienced this myself, but two, it's like go on YouTube and search anything calisthenics. I, I linked to some guys in that, the, can you get jacked doing body weight training only episode, but some of these dudes are just unreal. That being said, you know, if something looks a little bit too unreal, you know, anabolics are a real thing these days. So definitely don't get tricked into that. I've seen a few other products that the guy's clearly on steroids, clearly on growth hormone. And, uh, you know, it's making all these huge claims. So anyways, something to keep in mind back to Craig volume will be important for most people. I think for body weight training for sure, you know, it's kind of like, there's so many other things you can manipulate, but adding that volume specifically for size, you know, it's, um, it's hard to get around that. I like this one. So if you want to get big, you also need to eat big and sleep big, which I think, well, a few things. One, it's not just eating big, but making sure you're eating big in an intelligent way. And I think as you're younger, you can, can really get away with a lot more. And I experienced that in college, you know, it's just the cafeteria food. It was, you know, there was anything and everything you wanted pretty much. And so calories certainly were an issue. If I was, if I, I didn't, I don't really have any desire to gain any mass right now, although maybe that'll change one day. But if I were to really make that a priority right now, I would really focus on doing it with really quality foods and a really, I guess, clean way is kind of the best way I could describe it. So but for sure. And then sleeping, you know, I really, I'm really going back to this, like first principles. Uh, I, I guess I have a predilection for going back to first principles right now, but essentially, you know, up until the last few years, I was so focused on kind of the, what, like what's the training, you know, it's, it's almost, it's pretty surface level. Like, are we doing squats today? Are we doing rows? Are we doing whatever wood chops more and more recently? I'm starting to realize like, if you don't have these first principles dialed as in your sleep, are you walking? Are you eating well? Are you chronically stressed and do you have anxiety all the time? If you're not taking care of these kind of like very basic levels of health and wellness, you can't outrun that. You can't outlift it. You can't out, out, uh, monkey slam it. You can't out, uh, what's another good one. I can't think of off the top of my head right now. You can't out pull up it. You can't out, uh, monkey complex it. You guys get what I'm saying. So you got to take care of these first principles of, I'll just say general health and wellness. And then on top of that is where we can build that fitness element. So Craig, you make a good point, man. And his next point for adding size specifically, he says the size, if size is your main goal, you can probably do it more efficiently and with the strategic use of external resistance in addition to body weight for sure. You know, there's, um, on every, I, when I was doing my CSCS, which is Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist Cert, I remember reading over and over again, but there was this passage in the book talking about essentially these big complex exercises. Think of like a squat, a 
deadlift. Those were the two they highlighted the most, but I suspect it would also be relevant to things like power cleans, snatches, anything that's really engaging your entire body and you're really having to put in like full effort. So squat and deadlift are perfect examples of that. But basically what the book was saying is those exercises specifically have a really enhanced ability to release more growth hormone, growth hormone, and more testosterone. And so essentially, like if you did squats or deadlifts and then did pull-ups or push-ups or dips or any other exercise, you're essentially, what you're doing is you're essentially juicing out these hormones using those bigger core complex lifts. And then when you do go to, you know, something like a pull-up or a dip or whatever, you have more of that hormone circulating. And so those muscles specific to like the arms back can take better advantage of that. So I thought that was a really cool principle and definitely a technique that I saw my coaches using in college, how we would do these complexes where we might do like squats with pull-ups and curls or something like that. And then you would do maybe like an overhead press with like sit-ups and, you know, maybe like a med ball slam or something like that. But it was always like the big complex core lift coupled with one or two other kind of ancillary or accessory exercises. Okay. And then his last point, it's, I think it's just, it's a good point to keep in mind, but he says, I would call into question whether this type of training promotes health and longevity. And what he's specifically talking about is like this Navy SEAL training he was doing where it was hundreds of reps. He got put on a bunch of masks, got jacked, but you know, is it, is it making you, is it adding length and quality to your life? And I think you could argue, I think quality, you know, if that's your goal, then if you're happier, your quality of life is, is better certainly. But you know, if, if longevity, which I think a lot of monkeys are starting to shift their training and mindset towards longevity and health span. So let's say you lived to a hundred, you know, did you get to 80 and then were you in a hospital for 20, 20 years? Or do you want to get to like, you know, 99.5 and then just have that real quick, quick ride out at the end. So just something to consider, you know, really taking a look at your training and seeing how, how is that affecting your, uh, excuse me, longevity along with the health span. And then Craig, actually, I also want to just wrap up his, our kind of conversation we've been having back and forth, but I thought he had a really, he put this five, he put in essentially five levels to the qualities that he's seeking to maximize through his training efforts. So it's kind of like a hierarchy to how he prioritizes what he wants to get from his training. Okay. So the first one is joy. So that's peace, contentment. Uh, hopefully I can say this right. I should have practiced this equanimity, life balance, and satisfaction. So that's level one is that just joy level two health span. And he defines this as time on this planet free from disability. Number three is lifespan. That's total time alive. Number four is GPP. So be reasonably good at any physical task life throws at me. And then five excuse me, is vanity. That's aesthetics, body composition, etc. So that's pretty good hierarchy, man. You know, I think it's, uh, 
it's hard to argue with a lot of that stuff. So, you know, maybe certain people might shift things around a little bit, but it's pretty good template. So again, in order from most important to least important. So number one, joy, number two, health span, number three, lifespan, number four, GPP. That's general physical preparedness. And then number five is vanity. So, Hey Craig, thanks for sharing the thoughts, man. It's, um, you know, the monkeys can't see this, but he's Craig sent me, we've gone back and forth several times with emails. He really takes the time to sit down and write out these thoughtful reflections to typically the podcast. So makes me, helps my mind just kind of think things helps me kind of really refine and distill my own thoughts and perspectives. And, uh, I just really appreciate it. So thank you. All right. So man, the weather here is so dry. I drink so much water. Okay. So I want to move on to kind of these reflections on this training program that I just gone through the first cycle of. So it was a five week program. I talked about it on a podcast. I'll link it in the show notes. Essentially what I was doing was there's one, two, three, four, five. It was, it was five or six workouts a week. So Monday was a body weight workout. So Monday was extension press up, excuse me. Monday was extensive extension press up shrimp squats, archer push ups, And then I've been having this issue with my hip specifically it was the internal rotation. And I've really been focusing on improving that, getting that range of motion back. And it's been, it's gotten so much better. It took me forever to figure out what it was. I thought it was a so as hip flexor issue, but it turns out it's just something in, I think it's, I don't know exactly what the cause is, but it's definitely, if I compare my left leg to my right leg, my internal rotation in my right hip, it's gotten so much better, but it's still not even with the left. So the journey continues, but so the, my Monday was extension, extension pressure, <laughs> extension press up shrimp squat, archer pushups and the hip mobility. And I started out doing single arm pull-up work as well. But unfortunately I got this medial epicondylitis, which is essentially golfer's elbow, my right elbow. And I've, I'd gotten it before back in 2011, I was just climbing like a madman going basically from zero to a hundred thousand, a million, just going, just so stoked. Couldn't help myself. And got really bad. I had it for a while and it recovered, but it kind of came back doing this single arm pull up work. So I did the smart thing this time and just took time off and it's gotten so much better. So I actually, I climbed this past weekend. It felt fine and did, um, pull ups this morning. So it's feeling good. So unfortunately I didn't get to do the full single arm pull up progression I'd planned, but otherwise, so the shrimp squats are awesome. So essentially what you're doing is you're standing on one leg. Let's say I'm standing on my left leg. I flex my right knee. So I pull my right heel towards my right glute. So I'm only standing on one foot. And then you're, it's essentially like a one-legged squat where you tap the knee of the foot that is raised on the floor and then stand back up. You'll see more advanced calisthenics guys. They can essentially grab the leg that's off the floor, which I'm doing right now, even though you guys can't see it, 
they grab the leg that they're not standing on and then tap the ground doing that. That's pretty hard. But I noticed it, it for what in my mind appeared to be such a simple exercise was extremely difficult. The first, definitely the first two weeks, you know, I kept the volume pretty low. I was only doing five or six reps, but very challenging. And I was doing it freestanding. So I was not using pocket monkey to assist. Although it would be, if anyone tries this out again, it's called a shrimp squat. If anyone tries out the shrimp squat, you can definitely help kind of assist and scale into it. Just hold on to pocket monkey, use it to help lower down. Just kind of, it'll help keep your body more upright. One thing I've done as well is I'll rotate the handles in the foot strap mode. And then I'll just hold like my pinky in the strap. Sometimes like I was working on pistols again recently, I, my knee had been bothering me. So I took a break from them, but recently I started to get back into pistols and, uh, that's kind of a warm up I would use just like my pinky or just one finger in the foot straps to just give me like a little bit of assistance during those first few reps. Just make sure everything's moving smoothly and really helps. So something to try out. And the archer push-ups I was doing, those are specifically, I was working on developing one arm push-up strength. So I need to retest that, but overall they went really well. Tuesday was more Tuesday was a sprint day. So like running sprinting combined with some Olympic weightlifting and maybe some back squatting. So just a sample day. This was the first week. It was power snatch, five sets of three reps and then squats, five sets of five and then four 10 second sprints. And often what I did actually was I would, run first. So I'd run, you know, maybe typically around two miles, two and a half miles, just kind of jogging, maybe throwing a few, just up tempo pickups for five, 10 seconds, not maximal, but just kind of getting the wheels turning a little bit faster. And then I would do the sprints, but there's this really steep hill on these trails right behind our house. And, uh, so I would do maybe like four to six sprints up the super steep hill. So I'm not, you're not going that fast as far as like absolute speed, but you're still going really hard. I liked it as just a warm up where I could get a lot of power output, but I felt like it was, I felt like I was much, uh, I felt like I was at a much lower risk of injury. So I did these super steep hill sprints, you know, it was like one every two minutes. So, very luxurious rest breaks. And then I would do more high speed, full on sprints. And there's these trails right by our place. That's they're uh, they're actually like an old railroad grade. So they're pretty much perfectly flat, really fine gravel. So they're awesome to run on. So, and again, I would, it was very luxurious rest breaks, typically like two or three minutes between each sprint. And you know, the volume was so low. It didn't, it didn't take a ton of time. So I do these sprints, come back, maybe have a little bit of food, just a little snack of something, and then, then do the lifting on top of that. So that worked out pretty well. You know, I had, uh, I had about a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe I started to throw in some more sprinting, but it was pretty kind of random and haphazard. And actually I strained my quad, which was such a bummer. So this 
this method of doing it, I really think doing those hill sprints first helps a ton. So I, I suspect a lot of monkeys listen to this. You might not be sprinting on the reg. And if you are, that's awesome. But if you're not really, really make sure you one, if you, if you do decide to start doing more sprinting, one is warm up really well. And then two, like ease into it, keep the volume pretty low. You know, like I said, the first week was only four sprints total. So something to consider. And then lastly, if sprinting, like running sprinting just isn't happening for you, you can sprint in other ways. You could sprint swimming. You could push a heavy sled. Although I don't know if everyone has one of those lying around. You could push your car. You could, I mean, I think 360 actually has pretty good potential for these really high output sprint workouts where you're doing this all out explosive effort, but it's just, it's more congruent with where you are just body wise. So something to consider as well. Wednesday I was doing, so typically Wednesdays were a combination of like burpees and kettlebells or something like that. And pretty typically pretty short workout, nothing too intense. And yeah, I don't have a ton of comments on that. And I'm actually, I'm actually going to go through some higher level reflections. So I'll, I'll save my Wednesday reflection for that. But typically it was like, you know, a kettlebell quick in the dead style, like snatch session. So quick in the dead was the strong first Pavel Satsulin program. But essentially what it was is you do these kind of like clusters of essentially sprinting esque kettlebell swings with these longer breaks. So again, your power output stays super high and pretty short workouts, anywhere from 12 to 30 minutes. And I was doing a lot of this in the, uh, kind of the last quarter of 2020 and I enjoyed it. And I, I kind of made some variations and tweak things to fit my, my just personal style a little bit more, but threw in some burpees, threw in some kind of every minute on the minute type stuff and uh, kept it kind of in that a lactic uh, style in the sense of you're going really hard on these Wednesday workouts for each individual set. But they were short enough and the volume was low enough. You weren't getting into this like glycolytic super burn type of situation. It was more like high output during the whole workout with a decent amount of rest. So I like that style. And again, it's just, it's not, it's more about just not overstressing the body than it is trying to make things easy. If that makes sense. So again, I think, biggest thing for me recently has just been consistency. I think, I think I have certainly been at fault and I think a lot of others are as well, but we focus too much on the what instead of just being consistent, you know, do something every day to just keep the momentum, you know? So that's kind of what Wednesday was, was a momentum day. And then Thursday was back to sprints maybe some weightlifting. And then I did throw in some kind of like, I'll call it like a strength and conditioning style workout where I might've done like, I'm looking at week two Thursday, I did a really heavy deadlift day. So I did, what was it? Eight singles. So eight really heavy deadlifts. 
and then just a little seven minute circuit of jump rope, some overhead pressing and some toes to bars. So I really like those, like a heavy lift and then something to get your heart rate up. And then on top, on top of that, I did a trail run with a 20 second sprint. So that, that was a full on day. That might, that might've been a little bit too much. And then Fridays were typically either like a kind of GPP. So general physical preparedness type of session. So not super high, like you're breathing, you're not breathing fire on these days. It was more kind of like a grind, like a durability workout. Then also maybe some Olympic lifting or maybe even squatting as well. So typically pretty short day. And then Saturday, Sunday, kind of what those turned into were, excuse me, hiking and or trail running. So I think most listeners know this right now, but I have most listeners know this by now, but I have two daughters and typically we'd get out Saturday and, you know, carrying the pack with them and their gear. That's a, that's a legit workout. And it's like, we never went, the distance wasn't super far. You know, I think probably five or six miles at the longest, but the time on our feet was pretty long. You know, we're out there two, three hours. I'm picking her up, setting her down, carrying her. So it was definitely just that good low level activity. And then I try and get a trail run in, even if it's just for an hour or so in the backyard. And then I did do a few, they're kind of like that casual Sunday afternoon session where just one I have written down here is I did a, uh, I did a three mile hike and then I did a one mile ruck. So I have, I have like a trail running pack. I put weight in, I did 50 thrusters, 50 toes to bar, 50 dips, 50 kettlebell swings, 50 lunges, and then another one mile ruck. That was a good workout. And it, again, it wasn't some of these things. They're not like how fast can you do it? It's just kind of like, here's a list to check off and it's not super stressful. Don't get too sore, but you get that good feeling of accomplishment, get in a decent amount of volume. And I like that style, especially for kind of just that Sunday afternoon. Don't really have the, the fire to do that super short kind of sprinty workout. Just kind of nice to chip away at something and grind through it. So did a few of those, but yeah, that was the basic template of each week. You know, Monday was very body weight focused Tuesday and Thursday typically were, well, let's see. Monday was very body weight focused. Tuesday was, I'm just looking at it now. So Tuesday, yeah, it was more barbell, like Olympic lifting. Wednesday was kind of a combo of body weight and kettlebells. Thursday was actually mainly trail running with some sprinting. And then Friday was kind of a mashup of just kind of this GPP type workout, maybe a little bit of barbell work, maybe a little bit of calisthenics, but typically shorter and just kind of that little icing on the cake for the week. And then on the weekend, it was all about getting out on the trails, maybe trying to climb, maybe doing like the Saturday casual Sunday afternoon workout. If you know, if the feeling struck. So what I also wanted to share was, you know, those were the, I'll call them the formal workouts. And then before any of those occurred, I had written out. So like a I'd written out a warm up for each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
Monday's warm up was run one to two miles. And then I would do some bear crawls, some monkey hops and some crab walks. So kind of like animal style movement, just kind of mixing things up a little bit. Tuesday was a short yoga flow with some specific back prep. So like supermans or back extensions, bridges, some twists. And then Tuesday I was doing also a 10 minute run with just a few pickups. So 15 seconds kind of wind sprint style where you kind of accelerate up to near top speed and then pull it right back down. So not super intense, but just kind of getting the wheels turned a little faster. Wednesday, this was an awesome warm up. Wednesday's warm up was three sets of 10. So I did a kettlebell goblet squat or a pumpkin squat. Pumpkin squats are awesome. Kettlebell halos, kettlebell swings, kettlebell press, and then uh, Turkish get ups. And for those of you not familiar with the Turkish get up, such a good exercise. It's, it kind of, it's really a great indicator of where you're at mobility wise. So if you're not familiar with it, check it out. Turkish get up. You can do it with load. You can do it with a mass core is actually a great tool to use. And you can honestly, you don't even need weight necessarily. What you could do is fill up like a cup of water and focus on, you know, can you keep, can you keep from spilling? So a lot of it's, most people can do it. It's just how you do it. It's going to vary greatly depending on you have restrictions in your shoulders, your hips, your knees, ankles, all that stuff. So definitely an exercise to check out. Definitely something to throw into your routine. So that was Wednesday kettlebell, basically a kettlebell warm up. Thursday was, uh, it's kind of a two part warm up. So it was a body weight warm up. So two, re- two rounds, 15 to 20 reps each of squats or Cossack squats, push ups, rows or pull ups, back extensions, toes to bar, V ups. And then I would do a dynamic running warm up. And my list is quick skips, butt kicks, uh, basically hurdle steps, high knees, figure fours, leg kicks, karaoke's, MC hammers, and lunge twists. Friday was, this was uh, an Olympic lifting warm-up. I used to do a lot more when I was kind of doing that a lot more formally. But the warm-up essentially is, it's just a kind of a head-to-toe joint prep, mobility prep. So you're doing ankle rows, knee and hip circles, bend and bows, shoulder circles, wrist circles, elbow circles, neck circles, squats. Squats were pretty much every day. Squats and Cossacks, glute bridges, push-up plus. So that's essentially a push-up with a scapula. Push-up plus is a push-up with scapular protraction at the top. So just kind of getting those scaps a little bit unglued. And then at the end, I'd throw in a side plank. Excuse me. So those are the warm-ups, and I stuck to those decently well. I for sure was doing, you know, the morning run with the kind of animal movement. I definitely was doing the Wednesday kettlebell warm-up, and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. A lot of times it just depends, and kind of what I've shifted to the last couple of weeks is essentially just trying to get out the door first thing in the morning. You know, it's especially with the kids and it's winter, it's easy to 
to just kind of stay hunkered down, but I feel so much better getting that sunlight on my skin, the first skin and eyes really. And I also think it helps really kind of help set your circadian rhythm. So first thing in the morning, getting outside, get the fresh air, get the sunlight, just helps wake me up. It helps me not feel like, you know, if you're inside too long, you just get this funk, you know, I'm sure with COVID and folks working from home, you may have experienced that. So make it a priority to get out first thing in the morning for sure. Another thing I was doing was I really got back into cold showers the last two or I'd say two to three weeks for sure. So it's not an everyday thing, but it's maybe a four to six day a week thing. And man, it's uh, the water coming out. I need to actually get a temp temporary, but it's cold. It's definitely not that far above freezing. So it's for real. And there's the cold shower. I almost feel like it's worse than the cold plunge because you, you're getting the spray and like these little, it almost, it's not tickles the right word, but yeah, it's a, it's a very different experience than the cold plunge. So another thing I was doing training wise, and this was really more 360 and pocket monkey focused. I was doing these workouts where it was maybe three or four rounds, very casual pace. So it's not for time or anything like that, but just a sample workout would be, so it's four rounds. I would do six pistols each leg and I was doing it at a tempo. So three count down, one count pause at the bottom, one count up, one count hold at the top. So three, one, one, one. And then I would do supine rows at a two, one, one, one hammy curls at a two, one, one, one. And then I really started doing a lot of, uh, pal off swings. So I'd use three sixty. I'd set it up at waist height with my arm straight. I'd swing it away from the anchor meet in front of my chest and then pull in, press out. And it was done in that more ISO core style. So it wasn't super fast. Wasn't explosive. It was more that slow controlled rotation and anti-rotation work. So really enjoyed that type of workout. And again, I did a bunch of variations, but that was just an example. So not super stressful. The tempo is another great way to just add variety to your training, no matter what it is, especially if you might be plateauing or something like that, add in a little bit of tempo training and it really make you know, it makes things as simple as like a push up or a pull up way, way different. So again, check out the tempo training and just real quick for those of you, maybe not totally familiar, like what the hell is he talking about? So tempo training You'll see it written sometimes where, for example, what I have written down literally in front of me is I have eight supine row at a tempo of two, one, one, one. So two is the eccentric. So the lowering one would be how long I hold at the bottom. So that's the second number. First number is the eccentric. How long, what's your count going down? The second number in this case is one. How long do you hold at the bottom? The third number is the concentric. So what's the count going back up in this case, again, it's one. And then how long are you holding at the top? That's the last number, which was again, one. Sometimes you'll see it written as like two, one X one. The X means explode. So 
that would be a two countdown, hold for one second at the bottom, explode to the top, and then hold for a second at the top. So a little bit of a tempo nomenclature there. But yeah, it's a really, you know, pick pick three to five exercises, go through like that, awesome little workout. And definitely you could do something like that micro-workout style, right? So get in, you know, five to eight total sets throughout the day. You don't have to do them all back to back to back, but great way to kind of play around with your micro workouts. Okay. So talking about some reflections of this program. So number one was, so the first three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they were pretty intensive on my lower back, the erectors, you know, not like in a injury injurious way, but I just, I was feeling it. So I think I would spread out that work a little bit more, just maybe be a little bit thoughtful of, you know, I, I really, what I think it was, was the extension extension press up. That's such an intense exercise, especially for the trunk. You know, it's certainly challenging for the abdominals, but your erectors and your low back are working like crazy as well. So I think I kind of underestimated the intensity of that specific exercise. And then I, I mentioned this already, but really make it a priority to get out first thing in the morning, you know, whether it's a walk, a run, even just like standing out in the sunlight. I think there's just, you know, if you think about it evolutionarily, it's, we, we were probably outside as soon as the sun got up, you know, especially when the weather was warm, but you know, even in winter, it's like, if the days are short, you got to take advantage of the light. So get out first in the morning. It's so good for your circadian rhythm. And there's just, you're going to feel better. And plus it's wilder, right? All right. Number three is I needed to set, I moving forward, I need to set aside more time for cooling down. And so a lot of days I was, you know, I was doing multiple workouts, you know, maybe I was running in the morning and then doing, you know, more body weight stuff or lifting in the afternoon. And Oftentimes come home, I'd walk home from the monkey office, head to the garage, do my thing and run inside and start making dinner immediately. And I never really had a chance to do like this focused, cool down a little bit of stretching, a little bit of mobility work. So wasn't a huge issue. I just, I think I probably would have felt a little bit better if I had taken, you know, even five minutes, just made that time to stretch a little bit, do a little bit of mobility work and just kind of cool things off a little bit slower. Fourth is I think I need to eat more. So I've been messing around with intermittent fasting, kind of skipping breakfast and eating, you know, typically between like 10 AM and noon. And, you know, we eat dinner pretty early, typically between five and six and rarely later than seven. So, you know, if I'm going to, if, let's say if our la if we're eating at five 30, so I'm, let's say I'm stopping, I'm not taking any calories after six. If I don't eat till 10, I mean, that's, is that 60, that's 16 hours, right? Cause if I go six to six is 12 plus another four. Yeah, that's 16. So I think I was kind of under, I wasn't really realizing how long I was going in between meals. So I think, I think I need to eat more. And I actually, I was listening to Rob Wolf recently and he was talking about how he's a little bit skeptical of fasting in general. Um, not absolutely, but 
his perspective was we need to take a little bit more nuanced approach, which I 100% agree. Love Rob Wolf. He's, you know, he's one of the few guys that's willing to say, I don't know. And really, I think he's, he's really, I feel like trying to be right. He's just trying to get to the truth. So I really appreciate that. But from my personal experience and doing this volume and intensity of training, I just think I need to eat more. And so what I've been doing is I've been trying to make protein the base of my meals. And again, I'm a militant omnivore, eat plants and animals. doesn't have to be in that order necessarily, but I really think it's important to eat both unless you have a good reason not to. But I have been trying to make protein the base of most of my meals. So that typically comes in meat, but could also be eggs, could be yogurt and what I've shifted to the last four to six weeks is breakfast is typically five eggs, a whole avocado, and maybe some fruit. And, uh, that's almost every single day, you know? So that's what I'm starting with. And then for lunch, I'll typically, I'll just bring leftovers for whatever we have for dinner. And then dinner is typically, you know, a protein, whether it's fish, steak, chicken, I mean, <laughs> buffalo, actually, and elk. How could I forget those? Buffalo, elk, pork we do occasionally. But anyhow, so dinner's typically, you know, we have a meat, and then we build around that with some vegetables, starches, things like that. And I just, you know, looking at my body type, I think I'm this kind of mesomorph with a little bit of ectomorph dripped in there. So I'm a... I typically am in between about 150 and 155, depending on water weight, all that stuff. When I was in college, the heaviest I was, I got up to 176. Definitely was a little bit puffy. Definitely had a little bit higher body fat percentage, but you know, for sure, muscle mass was a big factor in that, but it's just, it's hard for me to gain weight. So I really think I need to focus on making sure I'm, I'm not under fueling if I'm going to train in this way. And then the last reflection is just increase variety, you know, do more exercise, do more exercises in the sense of include more exercises. And I think going along with that, it's, you know, variations, you know, it's not that I need to do something different than squatting or deadlifting or doing pull-ups, but there's so many variations of these things. You know, you could do a front squat, a zercher squat, overhead squat, pumpkin squat, kettlebell, you know, there's just so many different ways to do it that, you know, I kind of go back to my default is kind of this, you know, strength and conditioning back squat, Olympic lifting style. If I'm doing barbell work just for sake of conversation. So more exercise, more variety, do more variations of the exercises I am doing and then include more tempo training, which I started to do the last two, three weeks. And, uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. So, and especially with you know, with pocket, even, th even something like a, like a pike, you know, it's, it's really easy as I think with these body weight movements to get, you can get this momentum. And then at the top of the movement, you, you have momentum, you're almost weightless in a sense. And then if you drop back down, you're never, you're never really challenging that top of the concentric part of the movement. So think about like a pull up where you're at the top, a dip, where you're, well, that's not, um, that's a bad example. 
pull up at the top, a row at the top. Even one, one I was playing around with recently was a pike. So I was doing, I was pulling in. So I'd pull my knees, shins, legs toward my chest and then pause for a second in that folded position and then do a two or three count lower way harder than just kind of going as fast as you can. So I think that's something on the training side I'd, I'd like to include moving forward as we do more app, more app updates, maybe even do a whole new app. Uh, no, no promises at all, but I think, you know, we could do, there could be some updates where we can get a little more nuance and a little more sophisticated in the way the training is delivered in the sense of adding in these, these tempo, different variations, all that stuff. So pretty excited about that. No promises, but definitely something on the radar. <laughs> and while we're talking about the app, I've heard a lot of people request the ability to create and share custom workouts, which are you kidding me? That would be rad. I'd love to see what you guys come up with and uh, be able to share it. So it's not so much, uh, is it possible? It's just, you know, app development is expensive. So we'll, uh, we'll keep pushing forward and hopefully we can get there in the not too distant future. So that's my training update as of February 23rd, 2021. Thanks again to the wild man, monkey Craig for sending in the notes on his experience with that Navy seal special ops body weight training. And I really like that hierarchy as well. Let's read it one more time just to, to end on something to ponder on. So the hierarchy what are you looking for? What are you trying to get out of your training? Number one, joy. Number two, health span. Number three, lifespan. Number four, GPP. And number five, a little bit of vanity. But that's all good. So, monkeys, thank you for tuning in. And please send your notes, send your thoughts, send your reflections. Shoot it to elders at monkey.co. And we'll keep the conversation going. So I'll see you guys out there. Monkey on.